to the Week 12 QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, we start off with the waiver wire edition. I'm Callan, joined with AJ Passman. And AJ, was Week 11 just as confusing to you as it was to me? This was a, another one of those weird weeks where you sit back and think, what on earth just happened? You know, and at least some of the big names actually did what they were supposed to. Obviously, we got Jonathan Taylor going off. Um, making up for uh, for quite a bit on on uh, a couple of my teams, but you know, we, you know we had some of our big wide receivers do what they were supposed to, um, but it's not really going to help us out too much on the waiver wire because uh, we, we've we're going to have to dig a little deep today for to to find some decent picks for you. Yeah, I had one league where I had Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson, and the Patriots defense all on one team. Safe Ooh. to say that I uh, you doing okay was able to beat one of my co-workers in fantasy this week which is pretty nice and uh, a good way to start the week so going into work tomorrow should be pretty interesting but like you said we're on to the waivers for this week and it's pretty bare let's face it this is a, a rough week for waivers nobody really stood out of course there's the usual running back injuries and as usual we're gonna have to find some replacements because there are two very good fantasy offenses with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals on by this week so how do we replace these guys? We're going to jump right in to try and help you out and figure us out. The Rams and Broncos, we come off by, so keep an eye out in case somebody drops someone from those teams. But let's face it, they're probably not dropping many people from the Rams, but maybe there's some Broncos that are worth mentioning. But we'll start off, as always, at the running back position, and the biggest injury was to Michael Carter, who suffered an ankle injury, which currently said it's going to be a high ankle sprain. It'll keep him out two to three weeks, so... As we always do, the next man up in New York is Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, AJ. How do we go about this from a Jets perspective or from fantasy? Well, I mean, you avoid it if you can, um, you know, and, and that's that's been kind of the case with the Jets backfield until recently when Michael Carter actually, you know, kind of uh, man, it, it's, it's such a bummer because he was really he really kind of took hold of that backfield. He was, um, you know, lived up to even more of the. Uh, more than the hype because I think we were excited about him, but he, you know, kind of disappointed in the beginning of the season, but he was definitely got a stranglehold on that and was actually a pretty good every week starter. Um, but, you know, now, now he goes down. I mean, and those high ankle sprains, I mean, you know, they say two to three weeks. I mean, for some guys it's four. Um, I, I, he'll definitely be out for, for a few weeks. And so to me that, that puts, um, probably Tevin Coleman at the top of the list, just because in, in particular for, for week, um, for week 12, they're going up against Houston. And to me, I mean, you're not going to find a ton of positive game scripts with the jets. Um, and a lot of it depends on honestly, who's going to be at quarterback, but uh, Tevin Coleman seemed to take a little bit more of the, um, of, of the load for as a rusher. And so I do think that he'll probably get the nod as the starter. And so the opportunities there, but at the same time, Ty Johnson, I think they're going to lean on him a little bit more as the pass catching back. That's what they've been doing anyway. Um, if Joe Flacco's in there, that seemed to be, um, you know, <laughs> who knows who that's going to be good for, but with Mike white throwing multiple interceptions each week and Zach Wilson still not coming back, it, it's really hard to trust anybody back there. Uh, but just because I, I'll lean a little bit to Tevin Coleman just because I think he's going to get the starting nod first. 
Yeah, it's not a situation you want to be at, and that just shows the landscape of waivers this week where we start off with a jet backfield, which is not something you really want to be highlighting, but it's where we are this week. I tend to agree with you that Coleman will be the lead guy when after Carter got taken out of the game, Coleman was there most opportunities, but both running backs only saw one target, so there wasn't too much involvement in the backfield for the passing game but who knows who's gonna be the starter johnson was getting work hit eight targets the week before so he'll be more of the pass catcher but coleman will be the lead back it's a matchup you like but it's one of those backfields that you probably don't want to touch but i think i would lean coleman as well in other confusing backfields we got another name thrown into the tennessee backfield with dontrell hilliard this week having in very quiet game completely off any of our radars so now after we hype up Adrian Peterson week before, after we hype up Deontay Foreman last week, now are we hyping up Dontrell Hilliard? AJ, if you have to pick one of these Tennessee back, backs moving forward from waivers, where are you going? Oh, man. That's tough. Because, I mean, th- we also have to look at the Tennessee game in context. I mean, they were obliterated. So um, the... Um, or well, not obliterated, but they were. Um, it was such a surprising um, game. They, so disappointing is probably the better term. Um, with Tannehill not playing well, um, throwing multiple interceptions, um, to, it was just a weird, a, a weird game. So Dontrell Hilliard, I honestly, I'm probably not chasing it. I still think that it's between Adrian Peterson and and Dante Foreman. I, I really want to lean Foreman, but Peterson. Uh, looked better today and he was or, uh, looked better on Sunday and he was gaining um, more yards per carry. Uh, he, he was definitely doing more with his opportunities, but uh, you know, overall I'm still, I'm still going to give the nod to down to Foreman because I think that um, he probably, I still think he has more juice than Peterson. Um, I'm going to, I'll just go out and say that I think Hilliard's a little bit more of a flash in the pan for, for this week. Um, but I like Foreman a little bit more going forward because I do also think that, you know, he might, he presents a little bit more of a pass catching option than Adrian Peterson, who that's never been his calling card. And I don't think they're going to, um, you know, keep going, going, going that way. I mean, it was, you know, two to one, um, for Peterson. So I'm almost just going to say either Tennessee's in big trouble and they can't figure out their offense, which that actually may be true or, or, you know, I, I, but if I think it should correct itself and go back to Foreman next week. But again, none of these names are ones that I'm, you know, you know, spending the rest of my fab on it at this point. I, I want to do a little wait and see. And it's kind of pick your poison for me, especially since they're playing the Patriots this week. And then they have a bye. That's two straight weeks exactly. where you're likely not playing either of them. You want to wait and see. You might have to play one, and if it was, I would agree with you. Foreman's a guy I like. They're going to be playing New England closer than they did Houston, which is not something that I, again, expected to be saying. I figured they wouldn't have to be worrying about throwing their passing downs back against Houston, but hey, that's what Week 11 brought us. So I would prefer Foreman as well, but I'm not exactly excited about any of these guys. Uh, It's kind of a wait-and-see approach. And then one last confusing backfield that, Got a little cleared up. Miles Sanders came off IR, but there's still some usage for Boston Scott. Kenneth Gainwell was a healthy scratch, but now Jordan Howard is hurt and sounds like he's going to miss this week. With how they've been using running backs this year in Philadelphia, 
Does that make Boston Scott or even Kenneth Gainwell now back on your radar if you're looking for a, a deep running back or no, not really? Well, I yeah, with Jordan Howard out, um, I do think that Kenneth Gainwell will be active again, but he's not somebody I'm looking to add. Uh, honestly, Miles Sanders just needs to take this opportunity. But, you know, he had he had two fumbles, one which was uh, mercifully overturned uh, because he was given forward progress, which um was a little dubious but um he's you know it's his first game back so i think maybe they'll give him a little bit of a leash but i th- i would actually rather add boston scott right now who's 21 percent rostered over the tennessee uh backfield options just because they do have the patriots and that buy coming up and so i'm not holding on to these guys for three weeks so um i i, I would say if Miles Sanders continues to have, uh, you know, ball security issues, then I think Boston Scott is the most natural one to to fill right in. So um, I like him as a little bit of a stash. I'm probably not starting him this week, but um, it, you know, Miles M- Sanders wasn't exactly um, loved or trusted by the coaching staff before he uh, was injured. So he may not have as long of a leash as as some of his managers would like for him to have. Yeah, and Eagles have one of those playoff schedules you want to take advantage of. If you have a next man up in Philly, that could be a great stash. They're in the same boat as Tennessee having a bye. I think I'd still put Foreman ahead of him in my personal priorities because I think Foreman has more of a chance to become the one, while Scott would only become the one in case something happened to Sanders again, I believe. But he may still be involved. He could have that similar J.D. McKissick type appeal where he gets in some passing work and has that flex PPR, maybe. So definitely worth a stash, something you want to keep an eye on. But I would personally go with Foreman over him instead of you. But it's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on. That's really does it for me for the running back position this week. Is there any other deeper names that are worth mentioning once more as a, a stash, or something, especially with playoffs slowly creeping up? You know, I, I, I think at this point it's... Um it's it's probably your better bet is probably going to be picking up backups of of starting running backs honestly um because i i don't like a lot of the choices here um you know i think that there there could be a possibility of you know um jamal williams kind of coming back into the detroit offense but honestly deandre swift has been playing so well he's still just more of a stash um in case something happens to swift so no i mean there there really there really aren't that many um aren't that many good options. And again, a lot of them do have a buy in one or two weeks. And so they're what I'm really evaluating is, can I play, can I play this, this guy in the next week or two? And if not, then I'm just going to end up dropping them in two weeks when they're on their buy anyway. So to me that that's why there's not a ton of value here. Yeah. We, we, we hyped up, you know, Benjamin these past few weeks, but he's on his buy as well. So I like it as a stash, but it's not worth, fully stashing your buy if you have a winning record can afford to stash him sure but i think a lot of us who are in this boat who are looking at these running backs aren't exactly in a position where we can stash someone on their buy who's the second on their team but he's probably the name of those deeper targets that's most interesting to me but there's not one huge one i would agree you go get the handcuffs for these guys you try and get chachuba hubbard or tony brooks jones if you can right now or a Obviously, Mark Ingram, it's similar in that sort of sense. Get your handcuffs, get your guys who are next man up for a lot of these teams with the established one. So on to the drops, just a couple real quick names that are worth mentioning just based off where we're at. Mike Davis and Daryl Williams for the Chiefs, especially with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Are you dropping either of those two running backs for 
the Jets situation, the Titans situation, or any of these confusing backfields? I'm probably just dropping Mike Davis no matter what. Uh, but um, but yes, definitely for for the Jets situation. I, I think that again, you know, we, this could be a longer injury for Michael Carter. Um, so I, I do think Mike Davis and and uh, Daryl Williams are both good uh, drop options for that. Um, again, uh, you know, as well, Jordan Howard, if he's going to be gone for an extended amount of time, he may not be worth holding on to. So, uh, and Kenneth Gainwell, again, I do think he's going to be active again, but we saw when the running back room is healthy, we, we saw that he is fourth uh, on the pecking order. So I just, I don't see a lot of value outside of multiple injuries in Philadelphia. One name that I still have some interest in holding would be Daryl Williams, just because one injury away, we saw the value and we, we're starting to see the Chiefs use their backs a bit more. Yes, Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to be back. Yes, he's going to be the one, but do they kind of go two? He was on the field for more than 50% of the snaps last week. I still see some involvement. It could just be worth stashing him, trying to hold on to it. But if you're desperate and need somebody for this week, absolutely, you make the move. It's getting too late in the season to be holding on to these guys unless you can afford to do so. So on to the wide receiver position, another one that's completely kind of barren. There's not the big name sort of add like there's no more Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore's those are all rostered so where do you look as your top ad at the wide receiver position this week well the first place I probably look is I'm looking at honestly who's you know who who played really well and who's going to continue to have an opportunity in a good offense and that's that's Marcos Valdez Scantling uh with Alan Lazard out you saw an uptick in his usage but um, you know, he's part of that Packers offense. Um, you know, they're still looking for kind of that consistent number two. And with Aaron Jones out, with A.J. Dillon coming in, you know, the, there are there are opportunities to be had there. So um, MVS had a had a fantastic week. He is only, uh, what is he, 9% rostered right now? And he has tricked us before. Um, but I do think that just that that ceiling in that offense is one of the better places that that you can go. Um, so I don't know if I'm starting him just yet. I kind of want to see him put one more week together before I put him in a flex or a, even a wide receiver position. But, you know, it's um, it, it's a great offense to be in. And I do think the the opportunities could be there moving forward. You can't argue with that. You saw 10 targets last week and any piece of this Green Bay offense you can get. It's really starting to click. You saw Rodgers put together really good game, even on that supposed turf toe injury. That offense is moving, and now without Aaron Jones, they're going to be throwing it probably a bit more. So there's definitely high priority for Marquez Valdez-Scanling. I'm very intrigued with that. And then speaking of guys who are getting an increase in work, Julio Jones is out for the Titans. A.J. Brown left the game early with an injury for the Titans. So who becomes the number one in Tennessee? Nick Westbrook-Akine. If I pronounce butchered that wrong, I apologize. After he came out of the game, after Brown came out of the game, Kina had eight targets, seven receptions for 107 yards. He's, we've seen him be a little bit involved in the offense when Brown was dealing with injuries, when Julio Jones was dealing with injuries. He's currently 0% rostered on Yahoo. How much interest do you have in Westbrook? Some, actually. I, you know, and again, we talked about New England not being the easiest place to go, and they're, they're playing in Foxborough. Um, so, you know, th- there's a little bit of a question mark there, but really it's just a volume play. If AJ Brown and AJ Brown went out twice in that game, I think first with a hand and then later with a chest. Uh, so if he's banged up and if Julio Jones is still out 
And obviously, you know, they don't really have a running game in Tennessee that they can really trust, um, especially a, a, a pass catching. Um, I mean, hence the performance of Dontrell Hilliard. So, I mean, it's it's hard to say, you know, it's kind of like a Donovan Peoples-Jones situation in Cleveland at one point when all their receivers were out. Um, I, I still think Westbrook could, um, could, again, just command enough of a target share to where, you know, the Tennessee offense isn't going to completely go silent, we don't think. Um, so I, I've, I think he, he is a great spot start if you are, you know, if you're missing, you know, somebody like DeAndre Hopkins or Christian Kirk or, um, you know, any, any of those players that are on by this week, then, um, you know, the, you could do a lot worse than, than the volume that he got again. I mean, eight, eight targets. Um, that's, that's a great, that's a great spot start at, in your flex position for sure. It goes without saying in fantasy, volume is king. And if there's no A.J. Brown, obviously it's something worth monitoring. But the number one receiver on a Titans offense, which we just talked about, has a very confusing run game and had to throw a lot. You could do a lot worse than that. So I'm definitely intrigued the upside of Westbrook this coming week. It's a tough matchup, but anytime you get the number one receiver on a team, it's probably going to have to throw a lot. It's going to be intriguing. So I, I definitely am putting his name on the list of players to monitor. And in the same sense of an upside offense, if they were just on a buy, but a name worth mentioning as well, Van Jefferson with the Los Angeles Rams. We've kind of talked about him this past week or so, but tell us why you're adding him back up and intrigued the upside there. Yeah, he's definitely worth a check because he's he's currently 46% rostered in Yahoo leagues, but Van Jefferson you know, the, you, you get him for the potential and the fact that Robert Woods just went down um, in, in week 10, right before their buy, there's a, there's a question as to how much of the number two spot or how much, how much of the volume is going to go to Odell Beckham Jr. And how much is going to go to Van Jefferson behind Cooper cup. So um, I think Van Jefferson is certainly worth that stash to see. Uh, he's had a few spot, uh, a couple, you know, small spike games overall hasn't been all that overwhelming, but we've continued to see his usage and his snap rate tick up and up uh, ever since Deshaun Jackson kind of went out of the game plan and then was was uh, let go by by the Rams. So I think the opportunities there and again, if the if the Rams actually can figure out their offense and kind of took that bye week to get right, then uh, there there should be a lot of opportunity for Van Jefferson. And once more, player coming off their bye week, we've hyped him up a lot in the show, but he just got rewarded with a three-year contract extension, so they're still interested in the offense. Are we adding Tim Patrick coming off the off the bye this week? Tim Patrick, yeah, it's it's almost it's almost interesting as to who uh, who they're signing all these wide receivers to um, to play with next season. But um, it's it seems like the it seems like a sales pitch for Aaron Rodgers, but. Oh, yeah. um, but you know, for for the rest of the season, I I still think it's it's a little bit sketchy in um in Denver with with Teddy Bridgewater and obviously you've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton who got his his own new contract. So, um you know I I think that again if if you're in a spot where you need a, a player, I'm definitely putting in um, at least a claim for Tim Patrick just because we've seen him do it before. He has at least a track record of uh, of of getting you a score. Um, or, you know, kind of getting you that 10 to 12 points in, in half PPR. So um, I, I, I like Tim Patrick uh, as, you know, one of those to sprinkle in, kind of, you know, monitor the the waiver and, and, and go grab him if he hasn't been picked up. Yeah, we've piped him up plenty of times on the show. You know how we feel about him. Now that they've given that extension, you know he's going to still have some involvement. And I'm very intrigued. It's a good matchup with the Chargers. We saw the Steelers 
do well against them. And I think Tim Patrick could be due for a nice game. So definitely worth some stash. And then finally, CeeDee Lamb's concussed. He's going to be missing this week on Thursday. Amari Cooper's dealing with COVID. It sounds like he's going to miss on Thanksgiving on Thursday. So how interested are you in Cedric Wilson? We've been, we're remiss if we don't mention him. It's a decent match against Las Vegas. Do you have interest in Wilson, or do you think the targets will probably go elsewhere? It, it, it's to me, it's another, I, I think that he could be a desperation flex uh, again, just because the opportunities there, it's similar to what's going on in Tennessee. It's similar to what, what's been happening in, in Cleveland, honestly, what seems like it's been happening everywhere. Um, so I, I'm, I think Cedric Wilson could, could, could be um, in line for, you know, seven or eight targets um, on Thanksgiving. So I, I, again, I, it, they're all kind of, you know, in that, along that same line, you know, where they might not, you know, any of these could potentially give you a goose egg. Um, but I also think that the opportunities there and the volume should be um, at least um, in, in, an option for that. Cause you've also got Ezekiel Elliott, who's dealing with a little bit of a, of an injury. He came back in, but um, you know, I, I, I think that probably the biggest beneficiary might be Tony Pollard uh, on, on Thanksgiving day. But I do think, you know, you, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for going after Cedric Wilson just because the the wide receiver volume should be uh, up for grabs. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's something that we didn't think we'd be really reading, but we just talked about with Titans. You lose your top two receivers potentially. There's going to be volume, and while Gallup may usurp as the one, he's probably more established and would be the one receiver. There's plenty of targets to go to Wilson, and we saw what the Cowboys' offense can do early in the year. Hopefully, it bounces back, but I'm definitely interested in Cedric Wilson if you need a one-week flyer to fill in for somebody like a like you said a Hopkins a Kirk a Tyree Kill etc so speaking of these one-week flyers you have a couple other names that are just uh have great matchups and they're very low rostered in Yahoo leagues who are some possibly long-term or if there's just some one-week ads who are some guys you're looking at for these fill-ins this week yeah I, you know I I still think um you know, for a team that didn't score any points, uh, Russell Gage actually didn't have a horrible week in Atlanta. Um, so again, I, I think that with Jacksonville on tap, um, you know, he, he, he could be a, a decent, uh, dart throw Kendrick Bourne for new England with how well they're playing with, with how well the, the offense is balanced. He's, he's always, you know, liable to, uh, you know, go for a score. Um, there's still Donovan Peoples Jones as a possibility, and even in New Orleans, I, I think Traquan Smith has kind of come on a little bit more. Um, in you know, in Week 11, he had. You may have that in front of you, actually. He had how many targets did Traquan Smith have? Yeah, in? I just pulled up right now. He's got, he had eight targets, five receptions, yeah. sixty-four yards. So, pretty good game. Pretty good. Yeah. Game. So, yeah, I, you know, as long as. Um, I mean, we don't know exactly what what's going on with uh, Sean Payton and Taysom Hill, but um, the um, it it seems like Traquan Smith is um, is benefiting from whatever they're deciding to do in the offense. So um, again, eight targets, not bad. Seven targets last week, so he could you know before the whole Marquez Callaway in in the preseason, Traquan Smith was kind of you know we thought he'd be the de facto number one with Michael Thomas out, so he may actually be kind of getting up to speed and turning into that, um, at least from a volume perspective, that number one receiver in New Orleans, as long especially, as, as, as long as Kamara's out, out. Yeah, especially if the news that came out today about Adam Troutman, 
there's definitely some targets to be had, and I'm disappointed about that as someone who was hyping up Troutman early in the season. There's going to be targets to go around, yeah. depending on what the quarterback situation is, which who the heck knows at this point. But I, I would agree the Saints wide receivers are definitely intriguing, and I would prefer Traquan Smith. I like all these options, and we're pretty much guaranteed a Russell Gage mention each podcast, so I'm happy we got that in at some point. So we'll get yeah. to your priorities a little bit later, as we always do. But I get we'll go to some drops real quick, just some guys who have really been struggling of late. Uh, Marvin Jones with Jacksonville. Are you dropping him for any of these names? Or Yeah, you kind of have to. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. Are you done with that uh, intrigue? He's had 10 or less points in each of the last four weeks for me. Buffalo uh, that, it, it's it's so tough you know he was really disappeared after the bye um you know I, I think that for a couple of these especially if you need that one week start um you know it I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the Bills offense but uh you know that they have you know a decent matchup in a few weeks with with Tampa Bay that should be an offense a, a good offensive game but they've got New Orleans and New England before uh, before that so yeah I He's he's right on that borderline for me, partially just because I think the upside is limited on 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 some of these recommendations this week. I would agree. I might still hold Sanders for one more week. We know how good Buffalo is, but Jones, I meant I said it last week. He's dropsville. I'm ready to move on from him for in favor of pretty much most of these guys. I'm just I'm done waiting for that upside with him. And we've seen Jacksonville's offense kind of lead into how we onto our tight end positioned where your number one ad for tight end is still Dan Arnold, even after he didn't get a single target last week. AJ, talk me talk me and some of the listeners in as to why we should still believe in Dan Arnold. Well, first, if if Pat Frymuth is still available in your league, which, you know, he, he's, he doesn't really qualify for this pod because we, we tend to go for players who are under 50% rostered. So he's, he's at 52%. So, uh, and Cal, I know that you'll especially appreciate that. Um, that yeah. that your stealer is is still yep. at the top of my list, but Patty Fry is definitely um, the top ad. Uh, but that I think kind of almost goes without goes without saying is that absolutely if he's available and he is in you know almost half the leagues out there, so um, definitely check for that. But you know Dan Arnold hurt us hurt us bad, um, and really honestly I think Dan Arnold he's he's just a he's a reminder at not only how unreliable the Jacksonville offense is, but also just the tight end position. You know, you can have all of the encouraging stats. Um, you can follow all the breadcrumbs and, uh, and you can still end up with a zero. So um, I still think that Dan Arnold is, um, you know, he's, you know, he, he was involved in the same amount of snaps, uh, you know, similar, similar routes. And, you know, it, he is absolutely the, the pass catching back, but it was just one of those, off weeks that, that you can get um, when you double up Jacksonville and tight end. So um, I'm sticking with him. I still think that as far as his usage, that he is the best bet out there to, uh, to be able to give you tight end one value. You could have summarized all that. with just saying he's playing Atlanta. Yes. I'm still interested in him. <laughs> I'm disappointed by zero receptions. And if, and if he has another one of these weeks, you have to start considering making that swap. But like you said, the usage is still there. He's still on the field. I'm not panicking yet. I would agree with you there. And another tight end you're still interested in who's currently rostered. 37% of the leagues. Had a quiet week last week in a, in a shootout against Green Bay. But you still have some interest in him is Tyler Conklin. Tell me where 
how you're feeling about Conklin? Is he still worth the ad? Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think he is. I, I think it's a very similar thing. You know, again, he had, you know, three for three, uh, three receptions on three targets, 35 yards, nothing special, no score. Um, but, you know, you've got uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, which can happen from time to time. They combined for 20 targets in week 11. And so there just really wasn't a lot else to go around. Um, and again, it was that shootout with, uh, with green Bay. So, um, you know, the, it, I, I, what I like about Tyler Conklin is he's not going to give you that zero. He hasn't yet. And I don't think he will. So, um, again, you know, you've got Dan Arlen, Dan Arnold, who I think, um, has shown us, you know, what, what his floor is and even TJ Hawkinson, but Tyler Conklin is going to get you a few receptions and, you know, it, you know, at least five points a game for the most part. So, um, again, in this position, you can, you can do a lot worse than that. I still think they will be fine against, uh, San Francisco in week 12 and you've got Detroit coming up in week 13. So, uh, decent schedule. And again, he, he's, he has a safer floor than, uh, than most tight ends, not named Kelsey or Kittle. And then if you're in a deep league, desperate tight end play, you may have just lost Adam Troutman, who I mm. very sadly. He was on my list. He was yeah, on my list. I, I, didn't. I, I saw it on the list. I was very excited to talk about him today. And then the news came out that he's going to be out four to six weeks, which is unfortunate because I just picked him up in my dynasty league and uh, have been trying to get from throughout the offseason. So that's sad. And it, But if you're in a deeper league and you need to replace tight end, is there any name that's widely available that you'd have some interest in? <laughs> You know, it, it it hurts to say it because he's he 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 was the preseason darling, but but Ferk Daddy, Anthony Ferks are in Tennessee. Um, again, this is just another volume play. If um, you know, he has been invisible and kind of buried behind Jeff Swaim, uh, mixing it up with you know multiple tight ends in Tennessee. But I do think if they continue to have you know absolutely no one available, then really deep desperation play could be Anthony Ferkser, especially if just if Jeff Swain is still out in week 12. Yeah, uh, we talked about Westbrook is a good at the wide receiver position. Same thing, Ferkser, because preseason darling. Definitely worth an entry and interest if all those receipt targets are still out. And I'll throw Juwan Johnson out there for New Orleans as another name. He was kind of getting some late love in the preseason. He had two touchdowns in week one. But if Troutman's out, we're seeing the tight yeah. end get more involved. Maybe he gets some more volume plays. So if you're desperate for tight end, I think Juwan Johnson would not be a bad play going up this week against Buffalo and then a real good schedule coming up. So he's a name I'm circling as a, a real desperate play. But if you have to pick up one of those guys, you may not need the best position. But it's tight end, so you never know. On to the quarterbacks where another week that I think the streamers are pretty, pretty okay. I think we both agree on who's the top of the list and I'll let you take it away. Where are you most looking to stream? Cause you're going to have to replace uh, Mahomes or Kyler Murray this week. Yeah. The, you know, he won't, he won't be here after this week. I think he'll, I think Cam Newton will probably jump quite a bit in the percentage that he's rostered, but right now he's right at that 50, 51% rostered. Um, so Cam Newton, I mean, just the rushing potential, and, you know, the fact that he seems to have, you know, potentially revived Robbie Anderson's career, which that's another that's another uh, potential name that we didn't toss in uh, with the wide receivers. But, um, you know, it, it, he uh, he he got a 24, 24 yard rushing rushing touchdown, I think. And I mean, even, you know, um, a nice a, a nice uh, passing touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, too. So um, I think Cam's happy to be home. I think that it's 
it's going to be something that you can ride for a little while. And, um, you know, he, he is far and away, you know, to me has the most upside of any of the streaming uh, options here. And he could be somebody that, that you can keep for the rest of the season. Yeah. Most of these names that we're going to mention from here on in, or probably just one week, set it and then dump them and keep plugging, chugging, but Cam Newton, he's not one of those. You can roster him the whole rest of the season and he could be potential league winner potential which we know he has so if you're unable to get cam newton because he is just over our threshold but still worth mentioning where else are you turning on the wire for replacement level quarterback this week (laughs) oh uh, well you you can comment on my my, on my punctuation on this one but andy dalton (laughs) he's uh he's uh he's one percent rostered um and if i mean again this is if uh justin fields which i i think uh, they just said Justin Fields is probably not going to play in week 12. Um, so, you know, with, um, I mean, he actually looked pretty good. And I think we've even said, you know, Andy Dalton is is potentially better news for the wide receiving core. Um, you know, maybe not for Darnell Mooney now, but, um, but you know, the big thing is you, you're playing at Detroit on Thanksgiving. Um, and if Detroit doesn't need anything for their defense, it's not having as long to prepare for another quarterback. So, um, I think he's a great spot start. Um, and at 1% rostered, he's absolutely available. So, you know, just, just, you know, hold your nose and, and throw Andy Dalton in there. Gross, very gross, but it's a, it is a viable play against Detroit. You could do a lot, a lot worse than that. Anybody, anybody else sticking out as a streamable quarterbacks or is it kind of yeah. these two? Yeah. Two, two, two others. That I, th- I think you could go with, you know, um, Taylor Heineke, I think he's he's shown that he can kind of have these blow up games. Um, played well again against Carolina, um, got them the win. I think Seattle, you know, it, Seattle's not playing well. That could be a little bit of a lower scoring affair. So, um, but Heineke again has has the ability to rush, um, so he can always add that to um, to whatever fantasy output he has. And then again, Tyrod Taylor, you know, um, Houston has a great matchup against the Jets, and. I mean, and the Jets have a great matchup against Houston too, but, you know, anything could happen. And Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, again, he can score with his legs uh, as well. So, um, you know, I, I I think they're a little bit further down than Cam Newton, obviously, but um, but I think both of those guys could, could be worthwhile streamers in Week 12. You can't really go wrong with those. We've talked all season about attacking the Jets' defense. We've kind of sh- picked every quarterback to streaming, so I do like the upside for... Tyrod Taylor and then Heineke, like you said, it's very hit or miss, but it's another match against Seattle that's capable of being taken advantage of. So I think these are all very deep league. Obviously, if you can't get Cam Newton, we do have some viable options that aren't as exciting as it was last week, but still could put up that production with how the quarterback position goes. So on to the defenses, obviously there's matchups to be taken advantage of. Looking at the sheet, it's some pretty hold your nose names, but AJ, talk me into some of these streaming defenses. Well, yes, they're hold your nose, but really you just have to look at their opponents. And, yeah. um, you know, we're going to go right back to that well with uh, right back to Chicago again. Um, again, Thanksgiving um, midday matchup against Detroit. I think that, you know, Detroit may be, um, 
you know, is, is ready to just continue to put their put the tank on um, after scaring themselves by almost beating the Ravens. Maybe they'll get their head right and get back to tanking properly. So, um, again, you know, Chicago has shown themselves to be a capable defense. And so they're playing Detroit. So those are two things that you want. Um, and again, you know, you're also looking at, at low implied totals. Uh, for Detroit and for both of them. So to me, you know, I, th- I think it, it, it could spell a good defensive game for uh, the Bears. You know, you've also got, um, the, the, this is the weirdest one. Uh, I really just had to flip a coin as to whether to pick Houston or the Jets. Um, but Houston has actually shown some fight and uh, the defense has, has shown the ability to get some takeaways two weeks in a row or two games in a row. Um, and again, the Jets are, the Jets are in shambles, you know, with the exception of the Elijah Moore breakout. Um, you know, you've got um, possibly Joe Flacco under center. You've got Michael Carter missing, uh, missing next week. So I think Houston could actually be a streamer. Um, they could be a, a, I don't know how, how, uh, what their price will be in DFS, but I, I love them as a kind of one week play with that. And then, um, you know, finally, uh, I think Monday night football is going on right now. So I'm not exactly sure what the score is, but um, the, the giants have shown a nice ability to turn the ball over. So um, I think you could do worse than Philadelphia. Um, the Eagles who, you know, again, have had some spike weeks for their defense have been able to get some takeaways. Um, and I do think that, you know, they've, they've been playing pretty well over the past few weeks and um, they're away uh, and New York, but I don't really think that matters that much. So I also like Philadelphia at 18% rostered as a defensive streamer. Very gross, like you said, but the offense is maybe even grosser. So I do like it. I think the clear number one for me is Chicago. I, as long as Tim Boyle's the starting quarterback in Detroit, I will stream every single defense that he goes up against. Oh, yeah, that there's was, no Jared uh, Goff either. <laughs> yeah. And I, I and you didn't know if it can get worse that's than Jared Goff, but then I watched Tim yeah. Boyle play, and that's uh, that's something. So. Definitely, these here's there's some interesting names. The defenses aren't that great on by. You probably were starting the Cardinals, but the Chiefs weren't anything you were starting much of. So you may not have to go this deep in the well, but there's a couple names that are worth mentioning to fill in that void. So as we always do, we'll wrap up the show with our priorities. Like I said, it's pretty ugly out there this week, but where are you going your top three running back ads for the week? I would do... Tevin Coleman first, then Ty Johnson, um, just to try to get some piece of that of, of that Jets backfield. And then I'm going to go Boston Scott because, again, I don't like Tennessee's matchup in, in week 12, and then they're on by in week 13. So um, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Boston Scott. I will do the same top two, but then I'll throw four minute at three. I still want something in that Tennessee running game. It's a tough matchup, but I still think he – leads the way and Scott maybe fades away a bit more than we're expecting. So I'll still put Foreman at three for the wide receivers. Where are you? How are you? How are you prioritizing these guys? I'm probably going to go Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Van Jefferson, and then Nick Westbrook, Akine. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I'm not going to argue there. And then Wilson and Patrick are very close to Mm -hmm. Westbrook in my mind. I think they have some great upside and, Wilson could be a very good play, even if it's just for one week. Tight end, it's pretty simple. You get Dan Arnold and then plug your nose and go anywhere else. Quarterback, we've talked about, it's a very clear one of Cam Newton and then have fun choosing between some of the 
uglier names in the back end, but there's still some viable ones. And then defense, take advantage of some of these matchups. Go get yourselves from Chicago and have fun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving food while watching Chicago beat up on Tim Boyle. So that's going to do it for Beware of Our Show. Before we go, we want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with your family. AJ, I hope you get to enjoy a Thursday where the Falcons aren't losing on for as for a change. So that'll be a nice change for you this week. We'll see. Yeah, that'll yeah. be nice. We do our power rankings in the show. So I guess to wrap up with the Thanksgiving theme, your top three Thanksgiving dishes. Where How do you where are you on that? Oh, well, m- main dish. I've got to go with the ham. Uh, I'll, I'll take the ham over the turkey, especially with a little pineapple on it. Then uh, sweet potato casserole and... I'm going to go with the um, the corn souffle. Oh wow. Yeah, it's completely different than me. I'll put <laughs> I'll put the I'll put the turkey in there as the main dish. It's, it's a classic. I've never been a big ham fan for holidays, so I'll take the turkey. And then I'm just going to go with the classic sides, get me some stuffing and some mashed potatoes. It's delicious. My grandma makes a a great some great mashed potatoes that are always good and the stuffing wow, you're, so, you're so traditional I, I, i'm so I'm, traditional I, did, but... I didn't know that about you Callan. that's 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 amazing I, i'm going for more more for the one week streamers oh yeah no i'll stick with the the sit, consistent i think you've seen it from me i'll stick with guys that i more production more consistency than uh some of the upside but you know the stuffing and mashed potatoes you can't go wrong there i will probably have two or three helpings on thursday while i watch what is bound to be a very poor slate of football on thanksgiving i'm not not looking forward to that but hope you have a great thanksgiving hope you all listening as well have a great thanksgiving and good luck with your waiver wire ads this week it's quite bad happy thanksgiving everybody